When you're working as a pharmacist or in a community pharmacy, trust within your community is essential, especially if there's competition in your community. So if you're the only pharmacy, then yeah, okay, people may not have a choice as to where they go to get the services you provide. But most communities have multiple pharmacies and multiple options that provide the services that pharmacies traditionally provide. So. The more you can build trust, the more you can understand and address the social isolation and the loneliness, and the more you can be aware of digital disruption, then the better you can serve your community. Hi, I'm Mel Kettle, a communication strategist, and I help leaders, teams, and organizations become more connectable. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. The changes of greater society, changes in generations, technology and media are reshaping the business landscape as we once knew it. We are being challenged to rethink what we do, how we behave, how we communicate, how we relate to others and how we will operate as leaders and businesses well into the future. Leadership styles are changing from tell to engage, with leadership now being about inspiring and becoming truly authentic and the importance of connectedness to ourselves and each other a necessity and a key part of building high performing teams. In today's episode, we talk about connectedness and the important role it plays in leadership with Mel Kettle, communication strategist who helps leaders, teams and organizations become more connectable. Recognized as a thought leader in her field, Mel provides tailored solutions through consulting, speaking, and mentoring so her clients improve how they connect, communicate, and collaborate. Here's Mel. Mel, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Professionally, you are a communication strategist. You help leaders, teams, and organizations become more connectable. What does that mean? What does that word connectable mean? For me, it means how do we build connections and relationships with the people who we want to have in our lives? So how do we um, start with becoming connectable and understanding ourselves? And then the next layer is our family and our, the loved ones in our personal world. And then the next layer is our, um, our colleagues at work and our employees and our direct reports and our peers and our supervisors. And then the next layer is the market that we work in. And then finally, it's our community. So but how do we strengthen relationships so that we can um, work more effectively with these people so that we can have people wanting to do things for us, whether it's doing their job, whether it's our kids doing the dishes and their housework, whether it's our, um, you know, our husband's taking out the rubbish, (laughs) putting petrol in the car. They're the two things that my husband always does for me. (laughs) And um, I just think that we're losing that sense of people doing business with people or people relating to people because we're so in love with technology and in love with our phones and in love with Netflix that often I see that we choose to spend time with technology rather than with people. And so I'm on a bit of a quest to help people become more connectable. You've already published one book, The Social Association, but your next book, which is due out in January 2020, is called Connectable, How Leaders 
can unlock the power of connection. Why is connection so important and why do leaders need to unlock it? I'm doing air quotes here, unlock it in a way that implies it's not easy for them just to become connected and be connected. So there's a few things there. Uh, I believe that human connection is the most important thing in life. And if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, going back to our high school psychology days or university psychology days, um, the bottom need is food, shelter, air, water. So it's the most basic physiological needs that we have. And then as we move up his hierarchy of needs, we move into, um, and this order is probably not going to be right, um, safety, then belonging, then uh, having love, and then self-actualisation. Um, there's a few people who believe that Wi-Fi and battery power of our digital devices is more important than, than food, shelter, air and water, and there have been days when I felt that too. But what we know uh, from research, from particularly from a woman uh, called Pamela Rutledge, is that human connection underpins all of those. We can't have any of those things unless we have human connection. And so for me, it's the most important thing in life why leaders need to unlock it. If we look at global trends, trust is declining on a global scale. The Edelman Trust Barometer that comes out every year tells us that Australians don't have very good levels of trust when it comes to business, when it comes to government, um, when it comes to other organisations in general. What it does show is that the people that Australians trust the most is their direct supervisor at work you know, outside of family and friends, in an organisational way, the person we trust most is the person who we directly report to at work. And yet, a lot of those leaders and managers are, have behaviours that aren't, um, that aren't necessarily going to instil trust. You know, they might be bullies, they might not understand how to be empathetic, they might not listen to their people, they might try to hide things, they might not do what they say. So we need to look at how do we improve trust. The second global trend, and particularly this is obvious in Australia, is that social isolation and loneliness is increasing. One in four Australians report that they are lonely once a week. Uh, impacts of loneliness and social isolation on the workforce include increased stress, increased anxiety, increased depression. Um, anxiety and depression are the biggest cause of long-term sickness absence from the workplace in Australia and they cost companies significant amounts of money and they cost the economy billions of dollars every year. And then the third reason that we need to become more connected and why leaders need to understand more about connection is we're so digitally disrupted today. We've, and as I mentioned earlier, we've got this love of technology, which means we spend so much time on our phones, we forget to actually have spent time with people. It's so much easier to text somebody or to email somebody compared to actually standing up, walking over to them and having a conversation with them. So this is why I think that there's this massive um, shift that needs to happen in the workplace and with leaders so that they can understand how to become more connectable and so that they can actually understand why connection is so powerful and important in the workplace. You've given a great outline there at a meta level. So let's focus in because this podcast is all about community pharmacy. So 
Why is connection so important for pharmacists in their day-to-day roles when they're leading teams and even serving their communities? So people do business with people they know, love and trust. And I can probably use that answer with every question. I'll warn you now. (laughs) Uh, And when you're working as a pharmacist or in a community pharmacy, trust within your community is essential, especially if there's competition in your community. So if you're the only pharmacy, then, yeah, okay, people may not have a choice as to where they go to get the services you provide. But most communities have multiple pharmacies and multiple options that provide the services that pharmacies traditionally provide. So the more you can build trust, the more you can uh, understand and address the social isolation and the loneliness, and the more you can be aware of digital disruption, then the better you can serve your community. And what I mean by that is if you... um, you know, let's look at social isolation, for example, and loneliness. There's a significant impact that that has on the health sector and on the pharmaceutical sector in particular. Um, And if you can just be aware that there'll be people coming into your pharmacy who may not need anything, but they just want to come in and have a chat, what are the services you can provide to help address that? So maybe you've got time to have chat with everybody who comes in at certain times of the day. Maybe you could start up um, some sort of a community group that meets in your pharmacy if you've got a spare room or if you've got a corner where you can have some social and some community-based activities that encourage community members to come together and to get to know each other more. Um, And it could be as simple as uh, come together and I'll talk to you about this activity that's happening or If it's Breast Cancer Awareness Week, let's get somebody in to talk about the importance of doing a self-check. If it's um, Blood Pressure Awareness Week, let's have a little activity, have a cup of tea, get to know other people and facilitate and, and encourage a conversation between members of your community. The other thing with pharmacists is pharmacists traditionally are a really integral part of the community and in regional and rural areas that that to me is quite obvious that they are but in cities pharmacies seem to be busier and busier and busier as so many people are but that community presence is often not there as much as it was even 10 years ago and so if they can think about how can we become how can we go back to becoming that centre of the healthcare world in our community where people come to us to get information before they might go to the doctor or before they might go to the emergency room at the hospital, then that's what, for me, can be improved by improving the connection. In your book, you talk about how leaders need to connect with themselves, with their workplace and with their marketplace as well. What's the difference between each of those levels of connections? You need to start with you and you need to connect with yourself. And by that, I mean you need to have a really good sense of what are you doing to look after yourself physically, mentally and emotionally because we all know there's three levels of health, physical, mental and emotional what are you doing with your bodies? How are you fueling it? Are you eating the right foods? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough exercise? And not only are you getting enough sleep, but are you getting enough mental rest during the day so that you can still be fresh at the end of the day compared to the beginning of the day? Are you moving enough during the day or do you go into work, sit down, 
and then just stay seated until lunchtime and then maybe get up and get something to eat and then sit down again for another big block of time. Now, I know that most people in pharmacies don't have time to sit, but, um, you know, how do we, what are we doing to look after ourselves? How do we take time for us? So how do we fill our own cup so that we can then fill the cups of others? Um, in terms of looking after our workplace and connecting with our workplace, Gallup research tells us that only 13% of people report that they're engaged at work. And that's a massive problem, particularly when you've got a workplace that needs to be engaged with other people. If you've got staff who are just physically turning up but mentally checked out, that's going to be a massive issue for your business. So how can you um, connect with your workplace so that they understand what your core purpose is as an organisation? How do you show an interest in your workforce so that they feel that you value who they are and what they do? Because when people feel valued, they're going to work harder for you. Um, so how do you listen to them? How do you ask them questions? How do you show kindness and gratitude to your staff for turning up and doing their job well? And then in the marketplace, how do you connect with people when they come into your pharmacy, but how do you connect with people online as well? More and more and more, businesses are expected to have a digital presence. And that digital presence is just another form that you can use or another tool that you can use to connect with people in your marketplace. So with pharmacies in particular, there is so much competition from organ from online pharmacies, from um, inter from national and international, Australian and international online suppliers of goods that pharmacies usually traditionally provide. So what are you doing to make sure that people choose you over your competitor? What are you doing to provide information that answers the questions that people in your community have of you? So what I mean by that is have a think about what do people Google when they've got a health problem? How can you provide information that solves their problems and that answers their questions through your website, through your social media channels? As I mentioned a couple of times, people do business with people they know, love and trust. If, if people in your community know the other pharmacists better than they know you and trust them more than they trust you, they're going to choose to give their business to the other people. So what is it that you need to be doing so that you can instill that trust in people? First, you've got to get them to know you, then you've got to get them to like you or love you, and then you've got to get them to trust you. And ways that you can do that are not just when they come into your pharmacy, but when, you know, when they engage with you on Facebook, when they seek you out on Instagram, when they Google to, um, my kid has a sore throat, what should I do? or my kids got constantly complaining of stomach aches, what should I do? If, if your website comes up with answers to those questions and this is what we can, this is what you need, this is what you should be doing, here's how we can help you, and they're in your community, then they're going to come into you to buy the product that you recommend. Some great advice there. And as a marketer, I 100% agree. And as we've just discussed, leaders, they do need to connect with themselves, with their workplace and their marketplace. This might be a big change and it can be scary for some pharmacists to do 
some self-reflection and improvement and be vulnerable around this area. So what's your advice for people to get started in this space? Look, I think start with the basics. Start with how do you feel as a person? Do you feel tired all the time? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are you? Do you feel that you're constantly chasing your tail? Um, and if you are, then have a look at, okay, are you eating properly? Are you getting enough sleep? What are some of the tasks that you do that you can either stop doing or that you can delegate? And then in your workplace, have a look at your staff. How do they feel? Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they grumpy? How do they portray themselves with you and with your colleagues? And how do they portray themselves with your customers? Um, ways that you can get them to feel more engaged is talk to them, ask them questions. Don't just say, and don't just ask questions like, how are you feeling today? Ask them questions like, what did you do on the weekend? Or, or what are you doing this weekend? Um, you know, how's your partner? How are your kids? Last week you said your kid was sick. Are they better now? Like ask personal questions. Um, if they've got you know, photos on their phone that you see, ask them who that is. If they've got a desk or a personal space in your pharmacy where they can leave their things and they've got photos or they've got knickknacks, then ask them questions about that. And to give you an example, I was in an office recently um, with a client and there was, and this was an office where people had little cubicles and there was one cubicle that was filled with Star Wars figurines and characters it would be very easy to have a conversation with the person who sat at that desk because all you have would have to do is say, what are these about? And there was another woman um, in that office who had photos of a whole heap of different cats. And so all you have to do to get to know her and to make her feel valued is to say, what are the names of your cats? Like, are these all yours? How long have you had them? How old are they? And ex demonstrate an interest in what they have around them. We need to be more observant about the people in our lives so that we can take a genuine interest in who they are and what they've got going on. We're more connected than ever, though, thanks to things like the internet and smartphones and even the devices that we carry around, like smart watches and digital assistants and all those sorts of things. What's your view on the impact that that's having on us as humans and Ultimately, how does that translate to a community pharmacy and what they need to manage? Yeah, look, I love technology and I've been an early adopter for my whole life. The problem with technology is it's designed, for example, things like um, digital assistants and smartwatches and smartphones and, and all the apps that are on the smartphones and the tablets, they're designed to be addictive and they are designed to have you going back again and again and again because every time you get a notification, Every time you um, have somebody liking your Instagram post, every time someone responds to something you've put on Facebook, we get that little endorphin hit or that little happy drug hit, which makes us want to go back again for more and again for more and again for more. The problem is that we're focusing so much on those that we're forgetting to focus on the real people who are in our world. So, some of the things you can do as a community pharmacy, if you're noticing that your um, that your staff are spending far too much time, you know, constantly checking for email or surreptitiously sneaking looks at their phone or playing with gadgets, think about what can you do in your pharmacy to have what kind of a tech technology policy can you instigate in your pharmacy? 
not only what kind of a tech policy can you instigate in your pharmacy, but what can you instigate at home as well? Um, so some of the things you might do in your pharmacy, for example, is you might have a phone-free zone and you might have a phone zone. Um, and think about it from the perspective of your customers as well. You know, we're all, we're all, um, we all spend so much time on our phones. There's so many apps running in the background. The days of having a little flip Nokia phone that you could only charge once a week, they're long gone. I think I charge my phone an average of four to five times a day and it drives me crazy how quickly the battery runs out. So what can you do for your customers to acknowledge that technology is a thing in their world? Can you have um, somewhere where you provide charges for them to recharge their devices while they're shopping with you? Can you have somewhere where they can just plug in their own? Can you have a quiet space where they can um, um, sit and, you know, check their emails if they need to or a quiet space where they could make a phone call? And so have some little phone zones where you call it a phone zone or a technology zone. And then other places, you know, have time. At what can you do so that you can um, encourage that real-time conversation? So maybe when they're at the counter being served, that's a no-phone zone for anybody. But if they need to spend time on their phone talking to somebody, then have a chair that they can sit in so they can do that. So, so that way you're building, um, you're teaching them to become respectful of you and your time and your staff as well because it's nothing more frustrating than having a customer in a shop who's on their phone while you're trying to serve them. So if someone's listening and they're inspired to become more connected, what are some of the behaviours that you see in connected leaders that they themselves can look forward to developing? I reckon there's three big ones and then there's a bunch of other ones. And I think the three big ones are you need to be kind. And I think we're all so busy that we forget to be kind and little random acts of kindness, like getting somebody a glass of water if they've just bought a drug, that, like a pill that needs to be taken. Or if they're walking in and it's a hot day and they look flustered, offer them, you know, would they like to sit down? If it's someone who who you know has no family and you know lives on their own and you know might be lonely, have a conversation with them, you know. Ask them how they are and then spend two or three minutes listening to their answer. Um, the second is listen to people, you know. Don't just ask a question and then ask the next question. I was having a conversation with someone recently and she said to in the middle of me talking to her, she said, oh, oh, I see that I've got a voicemail I haven't listened to. And so she walked away to listen to it. Oh, wow. But we were having a conversation and I'm like, where do you get off? And then she came back to me about three minutes later as though nothing had happened. And she said, what was it you were saying? And I had to restrain myself from <laughs> not telling her to just, you know, nick off using a different four-letter word. So, <laughs> um, and then the third thing I think we need to remember is that we're all human and we need to be more human. We need to express empathy. We need to show gratitude. Um, and we need to, as we need to be kind and we need to listen to people. So connection obviously plays a huge and important role in the relationships pharmacists and their staff have not only with other staff in the organisation and their communities, but themselves personally, individually. What are two to three things, just to wrap this up for us, that we can do to all improve our relationships? 
I think to start with, you need to listen to your you listen to your body, and you need to give it what it needs. So you need to give it enough sleep, enough exercise, and enough of the right foods. Um, and then the second thing, I think we need to be more kind. And then the third thing is we need to listen more, and we need to be more. We need to listen. We need to ask, and we need to observe what's happening around us. And then we need to modify our behaviours appropriately. Mel, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show, and hopefully inspiring all of us to be better connected. If people want to find out more about what you do and the new book, what can they do? Oh, my website is melkettle.com. I'm also on LinkedIn um, and Twitter primarily and sporadically on Instagram. But through my website, melkettle.com is the easiest way. Mel Kettle, communication strategist, helping leaders, teams and organisations become more connectable. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again to Mel. What a great insight into the importance of being connected as we navigate through leadership and business success. Lots of practical advice in there. It's evident that in today's ever increasingly connected world, we are becoming more disconnected than ever. And yet we need connection more than ever because as Mel mentioned, a number of times people do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's why Connected leaders know their people, their workforce, customers, and investors. They understand the problems they face, the information they seek, and how and where they'd like to be communicated with. If you loved that chat with Mel, then you'll be pleased to know that Mel will also be presenting in March at APP 2020. Mel's presentation is titled, Disconnect to Reconnect, with the synopsis reading, The irony of our increasingly connected world is that we, as individuals and as organisations, are becoming more disconnected than ever before. The more time we spend being digitally distracted, the more we forget the importance of the human relationship. Our love of technology and devices is leading to shorter attention spans, increased anxiety and depression, sleep deprivation, and declines in creativity and critical thinking, which has huge impact on people, productivity, and profits. This session will discuss real-life examples and practical ideas to help you reconnect with your colleagues and staff, customers, and community. And that sounds like a really worthwhile session. So I encourage you to register at www.appconference.com so you can hear more insights from Mel and of course, lots of other great sessions. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 34 of the PBCN podcast. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.